Welcome to Beef Sticks Podcast. And Pasty, I am laying down an edict for Beef Sticks Podcast. As of now, Fat Mac and Pasty White can no longer do Spreaker. We can no longer do iTunes. We can no longer do Google Play Music. We can't do any of that shit because it's not giving us money. <laughs> well, then what are we supposed to do, brother? Ask Vince McMahon because he seems to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vince McMahon issued an edict this week that talent can no longer engage with outside third parties, which would presumably include platforms like Cameo and Twitch. WWE held a call with talent last Sunday regarding the reinvention of the product, which is funny, isn't it? That's pretty. They're going to uh-huh. reinvent the brand. <laughs> oh, yeah. They've done that a time or two before. <laughs> Uh, During the call, it was said that WWE owns the real names of talent, not just their character names. It's ballsy. (sighs) McMahon followed up by sending a letter to each on-air talent, and violations will result in fines, suspension, or termination at WWE's discretion. Xavier Woods to AEW confirmed, folks. (laughs) Oh, he should be the first one to get the fuck out of there with this. (laughs) <laughs> Agreed, but that would kill the new day. <laughs> well, Biggie's on his solo run anyway, so whatever. Dave Meltzer reported that due to the immediate backlash, the company has relaxed some of the vague rules regarding social media marketing and put forth in the letter. It is now being said that talent will be able to maintain both YouTube and Twitch accounts. However, they would have to do so using their real names as opposed to their WWE ring names. It was stated that they would have to inform the company of YouTube and Twitch accounts using their real names. (sighs) WWE is comparing their need to protect intellectual property similar to Disney and Warner Brothers. It is the control and exploitation of these characters that allows WWE to drive revenue. Exploitation. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say double line. (laughs) on Exploitation. (laughs) Like, that should automatically make her wrong, I think. (laughs) Which in turn enables the company to compensate performers at the highest level in the sports entertainment industry. Oh, I see. So if they can take the performers' money, then they can pay the performers a percentage of it. Yes. That's what it, Oh, so they're just doing it for the performers. <laughs> that's what it is. That's why I they tried to it. put that's why they tried to put up up down down on the network. <laughs> now I get it. It's hey, all Xavier, I see you got a really cool YouTube channel over there. It's doing real well. You want to put it on the network and give us all that money? I promise we'll give you 5%. Uh, doesn't WWE realize there's a difference between uh, wrestlers and actors' characters? 
Yeah, no, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, Disney does the same thing with Marvel superheroes, don't get me wrong. You can't be caught out in public doing anything that would be, you know, whatever, uh, deemed negative in the public eye because you are their property. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm pretty sure Disney Marvel superheroes are paid far better than WWE talent, especially the ones who are using YouTube and Twitch to bring in additional income because they're not oh, Roman Reigns. Uh, but the difference here is Disney and Warner Brothers don't try to own their actors' real names, and those actors are allowed to make appearances such as Cameo or even late-night talk shows and keep their compensation, not giving any of it to the film studios. There is obviously some still, still some confusion among talent, as they were told by people in the company that they could not market themselves with the usage of their real names. Meltzer reports WWE didn't clear up exactly what won't be allowed, though the belief was that Cameo wouldn't be allowed. And I guess I can Does understand know what that. The fuck cameo is? I don't know what the fuck Cameo is. Well, Never I mean, that's the, Cameo is the whole reason, uh, well, it's a little, we're going to talk about it later, but it's the whole reason Simbad is in the Dark Order. They paid him money and they cameo, he cameoed for AEW. Yeah, but what the fuck is Cameo? We could pay the Undertaker, you know, a thousand bucks, and he would send a video saying "da da da B Sticks Podcast da 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 da." So it's like Snapchat but for celebrities. It's it, it's celebrities, cameos. celebrity. You pay celebrities to get a shout out, basically. Okay, so literal yeah. cameos. Yeah. Never yeah. heard of it in my life, honestly. It's kind of new. I think I've heard of it for a couple of years now, but it's definitely starting to pick kick off more in the wrestling world. And I guess with WWE, I can kind of see it because like. You don't want AEW getting a hold of AJ Styles to do a cameo, right? Right. But if you're just doing it for fans, that's a gray area. I think it's so funny because it's pretty apparent that Lana's the reason this happened. She did a, a, a Twitch ad for Bang Energy, and it was like, Bang gives me the energy I need to dance. And then she's dancing for the whole rest of the video with Bang energy in her hand. And it's like, well, WWE is the one who made you dance. So now they're going to get pissy because you danced. Like, uh, You know, that's know. another thing I've recently just seen this week was Bang energy. Oh, which wow. sounds really awful. It yeah it's it's uh it's not good. <laughs> I yeah. I have tried it. It's not good. It's not. Uh, good. It seems like it's uh. They have a lot of really insanely interesting flavors that most companies don't delve into. But yeah, there's weird things that these new kids are <laughs> doing that just don't have a reason to exist. TikTok being at the top of the list. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, You'll never catch us on there. Or is that part of the edict? Is that where we can only podcast from now is TikTok? Uh, I think I think we can do TikTok. Okay. We're allowed to do TikTok. We have to use our real names, though? Bang Energy's been around since 1993? What the Holy fuck? Holy shit. Well, I think it probably started out as like a dollar store brand. You it know, like uh, how Champion, how Champion started brand. out. When we were kids, Champion was like the broke poor kids stuff. And now it's like a designer brand. It's still a dollar store brand. It just costs 10 bucks a can. <laughs> I know, actually, uh, slightly off topic, and I'll just make it quick. My son, when we were going school shopping, happened to mention how it's weird that the same exact champion clothes are at Walmart for five bucks that he finds in the name brand stores for like 50 bucks. Yeah. And he still won't let us buy the Walmart ones. He's admitted it's the exact same one. 
While we're talking about this, Fat Mac, I would like to call an audible. And uh, you want to talk to us about Andrew Yang's interview? Because it's very much tied in with this. And the reason why I have a lot of beef with what's going on with this edict in WWE. Well, is, there, is there any way we could wait till it's on the news? or What? what? Is there any way we could wait till it's on the news? We could wait till we get there, yeah, but it really ties into it. I want to talk about why I have problems with this, but... Well, why don't we bring it up then? Because we got a whole lot... We still got a whole lot to talk about this edict. This oh, is yeah. Just yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, this is just the beginning. It's pretty damn throughout. It's um, it's real interesting. Well, here, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bust out the Andrew Yang stuff if you want just that one. Yeah, just that one, and then we can... Okay, okay. Yeah. We'll bust it out. So, uh, so basically, Andrew Yang, who's a former Democratic presidential candidate, he called out WWE's misclassification of professional wrestlers as independent contractors, saying kind of what everybody's said for since the 80s, it's ridiculous and should be looked into by government authorities, which it has been multiple times, but Vince has deep pockets and a lot of uh, friends in politics. While Yang was speaking uh, to CNN... And Yang is an admitted wrestling fan, grew up a big fan, and he knows pro wrestling quite well. He was asked about his opposition to WWE's edict to ban talent from engaging with third-party platforms such as Cameo and Twitch. He said, the post you're talking about was my categorization, the misclassification of professional wrestlers as independent contractors, which is completely ridiculous. Given that the WWE has controlled their name and likeness for years and controls their activities in many ways. He also added Vince McMahon should hope that his old friend Donald Trump is reelected as U.S. president since, quote, changes in the air and changes are long overdue where Vince's corrupt labor practices are concerned, end quote. He later added, they are putting their lives and health on the line all the time. They made Vince a billionaire, and the fact that he's being so heavy-handed about them making a buck on the side on Cameo just struck me as absurd, ridiculous, and wrong. It's past time someone calls Vince out for this, and if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris win, I may be in a position to do something about this. WWE is a public company, and McMahon is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but spends it all on dumb stuff. The company is worth $3.3 billion. If your company is worth $3.3 billion and treat them the way they treat their workers, it's just shameful. You could have made an argument in the past upon cost, but now you can't. It's just plain fucking greed at this point. Yeah, he he sat down with Chris Van Vliet this week too, and he he really gave AEW a big shout out for for wrestling talent and how how more wrestlers are treated properly, and and many of them have office jobs in addition, so they are not just. Um, independent contractors where they actually have, you know, benefits and stuff through the company. Right. I'm sure that's not everybody, and I'm sure some of the newer people coming in don't get that. But, I don't know, WWE needs to make some changes, especially if they want to control their, their superstars this way. Um, we, we've given the shout-out to John Oliver before, but he's got a wonderful video you can find on YouTube about WWE superstars being independent contractors and how it's just fucking wrong. Yeah. Um it's just it's it's very upsetting and now he's trying to control their personal lives essentially. It's like uh, 
You know, we made the joke years ago at the beginning of this podcast how Vince is breeding super wrestlers for the future. How long till he's telling people who they can and can't be with? I'm sure he does here and there, but... Well, he does kind of in a way, you know. When yeah. he doesn't want people together, he'll try to put them on different, uh, different schedules and, you know... You've heard, um, you know, they they said that both Seth and Becky were given given the okay to take time off for the baby, but then you hear certain people backstage, and I've never heard Vince or anyone major up, but I've heard certain people kind of chastised Becky for doing that while she's a huge superstar. Shit happens. Yeah. I mean, Ronda Rousey walked out because she wanted to make a baby. You know, at least Becky waited until that had been done. Right. <laughs> Even still, like, at the detriment of potentially her child and herself. But exactly. Whatever. <clears throat> no, things need to change. Um, things need to change everywhere, though. Uh, we're we're going to have a lot of beef on this episode of B6 Podcast, and... It's going to be flying in all directions, I'm pretty sure. Oh, we're going to be throwing the cow, man. No one's leaving unscathed, my friend. No scathing. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, there was another uh, event that happened where nobody left unscathed, but that happened quite a long time ago, Pasty. And we're going to break into that on this week in pro wrestling history. Yeah, brother. Because Pasty, 23 years ago today, WrestleFest 50... Or WrestleFest, excuse me, not 50. Who knows? WrestleFest 50, years of funk. <laughs> WrestleFest, 50 <laughs> years of funk. Was presented from the Funk family's hometown of Amarillo, Texas, back in 1997. The event celebrated a half century of wrestling for the Funk family. and was one of those rare special nights in professional wrestling where promotions put their differences aside and came together to celebrate one legacy that left an impact in the business. Yes, folks, WWF, WCW, ECW, FMW, IWA, and more all participated in 50 Years of Funk, which featured Terry Funk in his retirement match. Of course, it wasn't his first, and you know, we know it wouldn't be his last. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was huge, especially when you consider 1997 was the peak of the uh, Monday Night Wars. So the fact that all of these promotions were were able were willing to give talent and uh, and backstage people um, for this just shows you how much the all of the funks are respected from Dory Senior, Dory Junior, Terry, you know, Flash Funk. Oh, never mind, he's not a real funk. But yeah, you know, it just really shows you how much they were definitely respected. The matches that night were kind of a who's who, as we mentioned. You got so many different companies in here. We had. Wing Kanemura versus Amish Roadkill. ECW TV champion Taz versus Chris Candido. Shark Suyachi versus Kuga. Balls Mahoney versus Bubba Ray Dudley. ECW champion Shane Douglas versus Tommy Dreamer. Back Dory when he Funk, was good. Right. Dory Funk Jr. versus RVD Rob Van Dam. Mankind versus Sabu. Oh, oh hell yeah. Hayabusa, Hakushi, and Masato Tanaka versus Jake Roberts and the Headhunters. And in the main event, we've seen WWF champion Bret Hart take on drunk Terry Funk in his retirement match. Damn. Tell me, Fat Mac, we can watch this on the WWE Network. This, of course, is not on the WWE Network. Why? They own almost all those companies, if not all of Uh, them. 
No, they only own three out of the five, <laughs> which is the reason. Uh, but you can find these matches on YouTube if you look. I haven't found one that has the complete, and I'm assuming a lot of that has to do with WWE. Yeah. But um, you can find a good chunk of these matches, especially some of the bigger named ones. I don't know if you can find uh, Shark Suchia and Kuga. I'm just, I'm all about that Wing Kanamura and Amish Roadkill, to be honest. Oh, Amish Roadkill, I miss him. He was fun. <laughs> he was a big Amish dude. Yeah? He had a cool-ass beard. I would hope so. You would hope so. Was he very flat? He was very flat? Well, Roadkill, right? Ah, I get you. Aha. He made, he made Roadkill out of people. Well, you want to talk about Roadkill... I think we got to talk about AEW All Out 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I really overall think is a good show, but it was marred by a couple of really, 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 really bad things, and it really drugged down the entire experience for me. <sighs> Sucks. Sucks that it has to go down this way, but it does. Now, of course, we predicted last week, and some of the pre-show matches that we had predicted on made their way to the main card, throwing a wrench in everybody's plans. Fat Mac. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the you know, the happiness. To the left, of you. to the left. I can't think of the word I'm trying to the think benefit. of, but it made you happy. To the My benefit. 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 <laughs> But definitely to your benefit. Although, I don't know. If, did you watch the buy-in? I had it on in the background. I think, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I did. I did watch it. I did watch it because I tuned in at like 6.15 or something, thinking that I was yeah. late for it, and then it was on the buy-in. So I was like, cool, I'll watch this. Uh, Joey Janela defeated Serpentico in the first match of the night. And this was this was pretty good. Pretty, I want to see that. Pretty interesting. I want to see more Serpentico in AEW in general. Right. Um, yeah, no, Joey Janela is great. Yeah, that's um, that's the one I, I'm i definitely looking at uh, uh, seeing. I'm not so excited for the other one, but this was obviously, this wasn't even announced, at least at the time that we were doing everything, which was the, the evening before, so I'm assuming it wasn't announced at all. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Joey Janela is one of your workhorse guys, though, who's like, oh, we we got time for another match. And Joey's like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And I'm glad they got Joey Janela on the card. And like you said, uh, Serpentico, I think they could definitely highlight a a little more of maybe on some six-mans or something. Yeah, I think so. Um, Then we had the tag team match, the second match on the buy-in. Seeing the private parties, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn defeat the Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, who, when we predicted for this last week, were numbered three and four. And I was like, oh, I don't like those guys. But then I (laughs) saw it was Alex Reynolds and John Silver. And yeah, those are the two that I really do like. I think they're three and four, though. Yeah. yeah, There we go. That works. They're they're, uh... They're not good enough to win on on a buy-in, but... (laughs) <laughs> no, but they had a really yeah, good match, and I think they had another really good match on Dynamite this week. Um, yeah. Really, really strong showcase, which is good because they are the comedic relief of the Dark Order. Um, But, yeah, they, they're they doing pretty pretty good. This this probably wasn't so great, but um, 
private party got a win. That's good for them. <laughs> yeah, that is good for them, honestly. And the thing is, I'm pretty sure matches on Dark and matches on the buy-ins on these pay-per-views actually count toward their win-loss record, unlike what what it would do in, in WWE if they did care about that kind of shit. I, th- I think, at least a while ago, I had read that I know Dark doesn't count. Or at least when they did it, it didn't. I don't know about buy-in, but I know that they said dark does not count. Okay. Towards their uh, towards their stuff, which which is good too, because then it allows you to throw some people in there and have an upset. They do a lot of squash maybe. matches on dark with with like yeah. indie talent and stuff. So so, yeah, so it wouldn't be fair if you just you know one one mid car guy squashing a bunch of indie talent, getting all these wins when a main event guy is facing many event guys and not getting as many wins. Mm-hmm. I get it. Then we opened up Pasty with a match that allegedly was going to be on the buy-in and then got moved to the main card. Due to fan backlash. From everything that I had heard, it was due to fan backlash. They did not want to see a women's cinematic match relegated to the buy-in. And hey, good on you fans and good on AEW for listening. Well, if they would have put on a good match, it would have been even better. (laughs) Uh, What we got was kind of a big disaster. Um, Of course, you know, I've... Reading afterwards, they said Britt Baker. The reason they even did the cinematic match was because Britt Baker wasn't as a hundred percent as they thought she was going to be. She was still injured. They had to work around some of that. And um, I don't know if you ask me, Big Swole is good in the ring, but she is uh, she's not a actress. She's not a uh, put on a show person. It was. Pacey, it was messy. That's, that's what I had. It was really messy. I said there was, I'll give there it was that. some fun stuff a yeah. little bit. It was messy. It was rushed. Uh, I think it was longer than it than it should have been, honestly. Coming in at 10 minutes, I don't think it felt like 10 minutes, at least for me. But, you know, I watch wrestling and I have other stuff I'm doing at the same time. So. Right. I just sat and watched it through with my son. Uh, hopefully this just wraps up their, their feud and, and both these women can move on because both these women have potential to be major players in this division, yeah. of course. Britt Baker already is. Swole can just move up from here, but I don't know. I thought it was very – I didn't – I gave it a C-. minus. It just didn't work <laughs> for me. For, I was expecting something different, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to know what you were going to get walking into it, but – it was like a mix of a comedy match, and then Britt Baker had this like psycho killer kind of vibe thing going on. I really like the stuff where every time uh, her assistant Reba came into the room, uh, Big Slow would just take her the fuck out in an instant, and then right. she'd come back. Very cartoony in a sense. Um, some of the stuff was pretty pretty awful, but to me, it hits in that in that woken or broken universe kind of you know the campy shit good way. Um, and, and Britt Baker did take that syringe needle and all to the leg. That's, that's cool. <laughs> she didn't have to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a cinematic match. Um, I think, I, I think your placement, them. placement probably played a big part into this. It's the first match it of the did. night. It definitely um, played a big part. You could have put it a few other places and it would have been better. Fuck, use use it to split up the train wreck Matt Hardy had. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. I guess, well, you couldn't really do that because yeah. this was pre-taped, so you couldn't make this go long. Right. Still. 
Um, and Pasty, I hate to break it to you, but that was a working syringe. It's gimmicked. She she didn't take a needle to the leg. Lord. I don't know. By all accounts, that's what I had heard. Everything was, I've heard this week syringe. said it was legit. Oh, it's a gimmick syringe. <sighs> but nonetheless, it was it was good. They worked a syringe into mm-hmm. it. And Big Swole hit her with the knockout gas for the win, which I guess you're in a dentist office. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. It was, that, it was a, I don't think it worked, but it happened. <laughs> it happened. And that brings us into what should have been the first night match of the night. The tag team match, seeing the Young Bucks defeating Jurassic Express, Fat Mac, in quite aggressive fashion. Yeah, very much so. Got anything on it? Uh, just Young Bucks looked aggressive again which is good because they've been resting on their laurels in AEW you know they got to right. run the show they don't really got to focus so much on the performance and this this was good Jurassic Express did the did the holy shit why are you guys being so aggressive and they they played it off pretty well i thought this was fun um like i said probably would have been a better way to start the show than the tooth and nail match but I, I definitely agree the two the nail match deserved to be on the main card and not why would you why would you spend the effort and time and money to make a cinematic match to to relegate it to a pre show? I, I do agree with that. I think but I do think that they I know we're going backwards now. I think they would have put more into it if they planned for it to be on the main roster. Obviously it was, you know, recorded two or three days ahead of time. Yeah. I think they would have I think they would have put more into it had they known it was going to be on the main card. But as you said before, we even recorded Pacey. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes, indeed. Um, this match, I think this match, it, it it had two stories, and I I liked them both. We had the story of the Bucks with their new aggression, frustration, the vicious viciousness, viciousness. There we go. Fishy swap. They're not the fun loving cocky boys that we came to know and love. They're nasty, mean. Uh, aggressive. It was great. I loved it. And then you also got the the side of the Jungle Express, and they were resilient, and they were explosive, and they kind of they kind of showed the kind of heart that made Nick and Matt household names back in the day, to the point where you actually, I at least actually believed that they could win the matches, especially since there were no real stakes for the Bucks. You know. Yeah. It's like, oh, these guys could pick up a win. So those two stories, uh, really good in ring action, made this a good opener. But as I have in my notes, unfortunately, Britain Swole got that spot. Uh, but this was the moment where it felt like the pay-per-view kicked into AEW mode, you know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind this one. I liked this one. I gave it a B grade. Uh, between these four people, could it have been better? Yes. Had it been the opener, maybe it would have been better. Had they been given a little more time, maybe. But I, th- I think it's a solid B, and I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. I think there's still plenty of time to see more heel bucks versus Jurassic Express, and I I can see Jurassic Express going over in the end. Um, Jungle Boy is really coming into his own. I'll give him that much. He is. He is. I agree. I liked that. And uh, now coming up, Jurassic Express gets a non-title shot at uh, uh, FTR. And if they beat them, maybe they'll get a shot at the cha- t- uh, the championships. FTR did a really, really good uh, tag team talk champions. About, talk yeah. about a spoilers pasty. <laughs> spoilers pasty. Yeah, sorry, sorry. 
wait for it. <laughs> I just I just assume everybody like me and you has seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was a really good match. Uh, probably would have been the best way to start the show. Uh, then we had the 21-man Casino Battle Royale, which was fast, intense. I guess I kind of forgot they came out five at a time. It was kind of weird that the factions didn't come out together and they came out staggered. I think at five at a time, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. I guess it made more sense, though, if you had, you know, five guys in a faction out there by themselves, it'd get kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Matt Seidel was your wild card. He came out, jumped up on the top rope, tried to do uh, shooting star press. And kind of face planted. Oh, back planted real hard. Real hard. He must have been like eight feet in the air when he started the plummet towards the mat. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, he avoided his his neck. Yeah. That that could have been really bad. Debuting for AEW and now retiring. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I hurt for him, though, when I saw that happen. Um. Yeah. This was, this was, uh... It was a uh, battle royal. I like the, like you said, coming in five at a time. My son was really happy with that. He thought that was kind of a good way to do it because then you you don't have the one-on-one, two-on-one, somebody laying down for one-on-one and the other yeah. guy resting. You get action right away, but you don't have 30 people or 70 people or even 21 people in there all at once right away. You kind of build it up. Uh, good storytelling, I think. You had the the Darby Allen team Taz thing going, Cajun Archer, which I wasn't interested in. But Dude, that Darby story. Allen body bag with thumbtack spot, where they picked oh, him up and power bombed him. Dude, how could you do that? He can't see. He doesn't know to watch where those fucking stairs are. You're lucky I, Darby wasn't another victim of this pay per view. I said that to my son. I was like, that's. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, and it's Brian shouldn't... Cage. Out of all the big guys in AEW, I think Brian oh. Cage is the last person I'd trust to toss me blindly. Yeah, I actually have in my notes the body bag spot was a fun idea, but ended up being real sloppy and tough to watch. It made it fun for the rest of the Battle Royal, though, when all these guys and... are doing their spots and landing on thumbtacks that spilled out of the body bag. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was the other thing, putting him into the body bag. and the like He got like maybe a third of the thumbtacks into the actual body bag, and then they couldn't get Darby Allen in, and it just got really goofy. It looked like Darby was trying to zip himself up at one point, yeah. like cup in the bag around his And then head. Uh, I also have... I also have the uh, whole... Um, Jake the Snake using Kingston's fear of snakes against him. Hitting him with the bag. Again, it was a good idea, but yeah, it came off really corny, very 80s style, and you could just tell there wasn't a snake in there. There better have not been a snake I'm guessing, in there. I'm, I'm guessing it's the classic um, hamburger and pantyhose is yeah. what I'm guessing it was. Yeah. I know that's what they used when um, Earthquake quote-unquote killed Damien back in the day. Of course, they didn't have him kill the snake. It was hamburger and pantyhose, so <laughs> I I don't know. That, that came off really cheesy. And then I don't, I don't think we even mentioned Archer 1. But, hey, did you realize that your guy and my guy were in the final three? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Your guy, Matt Seidel, was in the, was the third, third to last eliminated, and it came down to Archer and Kingston. And, oh, 
so many times in just that short amount of time, it looked like Eddie Kingston was going to win it. I but, know. Uh, Archer ended up pulling it out. I uh, wasn't happy about that. Both both for me wanting Eddie Kingston and for me not wanting Archer to win it. So, Not, not to mention that, but we, we also saw kind of a, the beginnings of a breakdown between Penta, El Cero, M, and Phoenix, um, which continued on AEW Dynamite. With with Eddie Kingston trying to bring everybody back together, but I'm looking forward. Like this is a it's a faction that I I, I like, but oh, if, yeah. it, if it implodes and if it winds up with uh, Penta going on a singles run, I'm totally happy with that. Penta versus Moxley would be some of the best wrestling. I don't I think anybody's ever seen. Oh, amazing! I think we just talked about that last week. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another thing I wasn't too thrilled about this with Archer winning. You 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 pretty much it foreshadowed the outcome of the main event. You yeah. knew exactly who was going to win the main event because, yeah. I mean, well, I guess I won't stay spoiled. <laughs> well, you already said it. Much, it's over now. It's pretty much obvious, you know. I mean, <laughs> we know who Archer isn't going to face in a main event for the title between MJF and Moxley. So, uh, I gave this a C, and that's I mean, battle royals for a have battle to be royal. That's a good grade. Yeah, they got to be extravagant to get into bees. Nothing was really bad other than a handful of botches. Of course, yeah, the, 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 the side out botch and the Darby Allen body slam yep. outside the ring is probably what drug it down for me, grade wise. Um, but it, yeah, overall, I think it was good. Probably one of the best battle royals they've put on in AEW. <laughs> then we got a broken rules match. Matt Hardy oh, defeated God. Sammy Guevara. Boy, I gave this a fucking F grade. It was it was right away at the beginning, less than five minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Matt Hardy gets thrown off a scissors lift, misses the table completely, and lands straight on the fucking back of his head. Yeah, there was even two tables down there, wasn't there? So yeah, he yeah, could, there he were could two tables. The, yep. His feet hit one of them, the, the farther one. <laughs> that didn't help his, his poor noggin. No, that had uh, hit not, the ground, and then they did the playback, and you did, he didn't even get his head up, you know? It oh, wasn't. not at all. Straight down. And he was knocked He was knocked unconscious. Dead didn't unconscious. move for like 45 they seconds. They threw up the X and everything. Um, they got people out there. They called the match off. The match was over, and then... I have nobody can nobody can explain this to me in rational thought. They restarted the fucking match after seeing Matt Hardy couldn't even stand up and walk. Yeah, yeah. And um, Tony Khan comes out and says that the doctor didn't find any signs of a concussion. Well, it's a little too fucking soon, don't you think? Well, and I could see signs. Right. Of concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Son of a bitch. How about how about when his head hit the fucking concrete? Is that right. a sign? I think it yeah. is. It was, it, it was pretty, pretty watching sad. watching oh, Matt try to stand up and walk away. You know, that is he, he had the thousand yard stare, glassy eyes, couldn't hardly keep his balance. Oh, he That's fell down concussion like fucking times. city. Yeah. yeah, he took like two and a half steps and fell down three different times. They finally got him to a point where he could stand up. And and I've said this. I said this that night. I've said it to everybody I've talked to about this. I am. I am sure. I have no doubt in my mind. Matt Hardy told them he mm-hmm. was good to go. But in this day and age, especially when you're that big of a company, this isn't no little rinky-dink. You know, two hundred people in the audience watching. Well, there probably was only two hundred, but that doesn't count. You know, this is a legitimate company. They you say they say one to two thousand with the ten fifteen percent capacity. Uh, they they didn't make it in that ring. I don't think they had that many people, but. But that's what I think um, they said on Dart, on Dynamite. 
Yeah. No, I, I, this, this match, no, I mean, it was a bad match for, for the reason that he couldn't wrestle. They, they ended up making yeah. it work. They, they still had him fucking climb up. They had they, people they help fucking, him climb up it. Yeah. Uh, uh, to push uh, uh, Sammy Guevara off through the box. So yeah, the scaffolding him, at ringside. Yeah, why would you fucking, you shouldn't let him climb up that scaffolding. No. So, that would have been the test, I think. I think if he wanted to be hard-headed and shit, I'd be like, okay, whatever, do what you got to do. And then when he needed help to climb up the scaffolding, that's what I would have been like, nope, you're done. Well, I mean, you can say that, but you look at Mick Foley's Hell in a Cell, and he climbed up the cell twice <laughs> when he was unconscious. Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy took a thumbtack spot. At the end of the match, he comes through the curtain, and the first thing he says is, I'm sorry I didn't get the thumbtack spot in. while well, he's covered in thumbtacks. You know? Um, yeah, this was this was a disgrace to pro wrestling. 100%. It was really bad, really bad. Uh, it's it's, it's the first first real black mark on AEW, I think, in my book. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not as big of a black mark, but I think just allowing fans in is a pretty big black mark right yeah, now. But yeah, well, it's Florida. Yeah, that, that's much. my my my, yeah, that my thing true. is like, if California <laughs> can be on fire, Florida can have fans at wrestling shows. What I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I didn't notice. I'll just shoehorn this in here. A lot of times when they showed the fans, they weren't wearing masks at all. So right, like, yeah. Wow. yeah. And the, they're pretty close together. They say that that's just the groups who come together, but I don't buy that for a second. Sure, yeah. You know, you don't go to a wrestling them. show with your 20 best friends. <laughs> right? <laughs> wrestling fans don't have 20 friends. They have one. <laughs> right, and they do podcasts with them. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on to bigger and better things, Pasty. What oh, do we got boy. Uh, then we have the women's the AEW Women's Championship match, seeing Hikaru Shida retain her gold against the Thunder Rosa. Such this a was, fun, good match. This was such a good match. It could have been better. It could have been longer. Should have been better. Should have been... Uh, you know, it could have been longer. I don't know. 17 minutes is pretty solid. It is. But, I mean, this is a, essentially a champion versus champion match. With, See, I... Go ahead. With a featured guest from NWA. I mean, I think you put that on a silver platter. See, I... Part of the reason that I was kind of disappointed with this, and I have it in my, my notes right here, I said that I think the match fell apart towards the end, and I, I haven't put in here, that's probably due to them having to, to wrestle extra time that they didn't expect to because of them cutting down the Hardy match so quickly. Yeah. I'm sure that, that that broken match was meant to be much longer than it was. Yeah, I wonder what we missed that would have been in it that would have made it, you know, super right. special. Because all we saw was a couple of spots, you know? And maybe if both these women knew they were going to do a 17-minute match, it could have been better. I'm sure they had to just throw shit in or, or make shit go longer, you know? Mm. So it's that's not their fault, but it's also pro wrestling, and they're two, uh, they're two veterans, and they're two professionals, and they should be able to handle that. But it was a good, hard-fought wrestling match. Um, you know, Sheeta's trying to establish herself as the face of the division, and this is a good way to do that right now. Rosa was, was very impressive, uh, probably more so than Sheeta, but I absolutely love Thunder Rosa. And she proved she belongs under a big spotlight. Not that I, I have any problem with her being an NWA, but she definitely shines on a major stage as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think it worked. I think I think they were throwing a, a curveball. Obviously they were. This match well, yeah. had to go long. Yeah, I don't even, I, I don't understand how anybody could have competed after 
Matt Hardy's spill. Like, that'd be tough. Yeah, I'd be the, so the shaken. Out of the audience. Yeah. You know. uh, but solid. I gave it a B, and I thought it was a, it was a good B. Mm-hmm. Good B. Yes. I'd like to see some more of them work together. Then we had... Oh, go ahead, take her. Okay. <laughs> then we had the eight-man tag team match. I don't know why I keep taking these. Just take them. The Natural Nightmares. Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky defeated the Dark Orders. Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson because Colt Cabana's a fool and can't follow orders, Fat Mac. Damn it, Colt. If he would have just did the discus clothesline or whatever the fuck. And I think he used to be an officer of the law. <laughs> I like this, and I I don't know, I like Colt Cabana and the cult, and I like the fact that he's not going to work out and he's going to be kicked out of the cult because of who he is. And to me, that's awesome. Like, Colt Cabana's the only guy who could be rejected by a cult. And I think, yeah. I think that's cool. I, I I did not expect the Natural Nightmares to win. Um, no, I don't have do. so much to say about this match. More so the promo afterwards, where Tony Schiavone is like, "Hey, Dustin, you got a match next week against Brody Lee," and Dustin's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the I rest know. of the Dustin promo was pretty good, but he had to, like, lead um, Tony Schiavone on to, like, saying the things he was supposed to say to make the promo line up right. And, like, I don't know. That was kind of fucky. I didn't watch that at all. I just went from match to match, so I didn't see any of the oh, okay. stuff. But that's yeah, that was, it was good stuff. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was, like, a classic Dusty promo, but the, the work by Schiavone was lacking, <laughs> and that hurt it pretty bad. That's sad. I love old Schiavone. The the Dustin Rhodes versus uh, Brody Lee match though that is worth watching on Dynamite if you haven't seen it yet go back watch it that Dustin Rhodes good. held his fucking own ninety percent of that match that sounds good I'm gonna go catch that one for sure yeah yeah this one this is all right eight man tag matches are are rarely if ever gonna be a matches I mean it just doesn't work that way you got too many people trying to get stuff in. Not enough story to tell. And I, I put on here, too, I think this one probably went longer than it expected to. I'm guessing they split it up between the women's match and this one. Mm. 15 minutes doesn't seem long for eight guys, but it seemed to drag and, and wasn't as... With some of the guys in here, it just seemed slow, and, and these guys aren't slow guys. So I feel like <sighs> some of that was in there. But, um, you know, you got Cabana's uh, story in there with, you know, him, him have, like you said, he's going to be kicked out of the the Dark Order. The Dark Order's been so strong that I really feel it was a mistake to have them lose here. And I guess other than um, I'm sure Brody Lee beat Goldust, I wonder where this is going to take them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um I, I do like the Colt Cabana stuff. I, I like the Dark Order storylines. I just, to me, it, it's so fitting to have like a, like a comic book or a cartoon supervillain group in professional wrestling, and it just it's funny and it right. fits well. And and I don't, I never did see how Cabana fit with the Dark Order, but I think that's what 
I think that's the point. With. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely the point. Here, like so he both. doesn't fit anywhere. He tried. He joined AEW. He tried to fit in. He tried to be Kenny Omega's friend. That didn't work. So he started photo, basically photo bombing all of Kenny Omega's spots on being the elite. And then the Dark Order tried to pick him up, and since Kenny Omega wasn't having any of his shit, he's like, "Yeah, I'll go with them, I guess." It's 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 tasty, and I didn't yeah. know how Colt Cabana was gonna do in AEW, but I, I like what is coming of it. It's a great yeah. mid card story that just it it fits and it works and it's fun. And that's kind of that's Cabana's place. I don't think Cabana needs a main event spot. I don't think that's who he is. That's who his character is. I think he's great at holding up the mid card and being one of your solid mid card guys. Yeah, I gave this one a C plus. Um, it was, you know, it's an eight-man tag. It can only be so good, but it was, it was all right. Probably well, signing Cole Cabana in AEW is a great jab for CM Punk not signing, right? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is definitely true. Oh, what do we got next, Pasty? Oh, I called this one. You call that one. All right, we got the tag team championship match. FTR defeating Adam Page and Kenny Omega to win the titles. God damn. This is everything I hoped for when AEW said they were going to have a tag division. This was nutso knockout. Adam Page and Kenny Omega, even though they're on rough terms at the beginning of this and and at the end of it, spoilers, uh, they still work together so well. Yeah, yeah, they did. They they worked together very well while still giving you the story of there being dissension. Yes. And it's just, it's good. And, and FTR came out at the end, the best tag team. And they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this this was so good. This was, I, I feel a little different than you. I think this was the best match of the night. I think easily the best that match of the night, at least for me. I don't think it lived up to the height. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't think when I seen these four coming at it, or at least the three, and I think most fans too, I think we expected a, a barn burner, and we got a good match. It was a good match. Uh, this one I also felt was too long, but this one came in at 30 minutes. Um, to me, that didn't work. The heat segments kind of went on too long. Also, they when they should have kind of sparked off into something else. It was like, oh, no, now there's two or three more things. And it felt kind of bloated. It felt like every every section of the match just went one or two moves or one or two segments too long for me. And I think you could tell because, at least from what I've seen, the fans kind of started falling asleep during this match, which is sad because I think it was the best match of the night. Well, that's because you're having a New Japan-style match in America. At least that's what I felt. Yeah. Kind of, you know, not, I, I would agree, but I don't think that Paige, Wheeler, and Harwood, Hardwood are meant for that. But at the same time, um, you're, you're going to like this, Pasty. This was an awesome showcase for Paige. I was super impressed yeah. with him. I dare say he was the breakout of the match and stole the show. I got to give it up for my boy, Adam Page. I'm not a big fan of his. Um, I still say he's probably the weakest in the elite, but this match was, he, he looked better than the other three guys. I thought, I thought it was fucking awesome. I was behind page the whole way. Hell yeah. Um, way too many false finishes, way, way too many false finishes, but that kind of seems to be AEW's card still. 
I think they could cut back on that for, you know, like you talk about a New Japan style match. New Japan kind of saves those for like the main event and maybe one other big thing. Yeah. You know, but the, the actual finish I thought was done really well, made sense, um, especially with them not trusting each other. It, it, I thought it really worked, and I think FTR is definitely great for the division, and I think they needed to get those titles, and I think this pay-per-view was the place to, to actually wrote on here. This was the correct time to pull the V-trigger on them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think it was a shame it didn't live up to expectations, at least for me. I think at this point we're allowed to demand better from these four guys in this point in their careers, but that's that's just me. I gave it a B plus. I really liked it. Yeah, I also think it's kind of important you don't hit the ground running at a hundred miles an hour because then there's nowhere to go from there. Kind of, but these two teams aren't going anywhere in the future, anyways. So right, right. Well, not? I mean, Adam Page and Omega are done. Yeah, so why not have these two put in a barn burner? I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing some uh, singles work between Adam Page and Kenny Omega in the future. It'll be interesting. You know, I'm still not sold on Page. Even I mean, he, he showed he can do it. He showed it's in him tonight. Mm. I'll, I'll give that 100%. But I'm still not sold on him. I'd like to see a, I'd like to see a singles uh, run with Omega and Page in a few different matches. It'd be interesting. If, if Omega can't get great matches out of him, then, then, I'll, then I'll stick with how I feel about him. Yeah. I have a feeling they will, though, just just due to how well they work together as a tag team. I think they'll do well uh, against each other as well. Then we had Fat Max's ultimate favorite match of all time. 17 stars is what he told me. The Mimosa Mayhem match. (laughs) Seeing Orange Cassidy defeating La Champion, Chris Jericho, who's not the champion, but he still calls himself that, and I love it. It's a title. It is. I also like the demo god. That's that's a really good take. I like the demo god. Yes. See, I wish he'd he'd, he'd go with that. Do you, you hear Jericho on his tirade about fucking when when they first Bro, let fans? In, yes. I didn't hear him talking he about had a tirade about butt fucking. No, they let fans into AEW and they started chanting Y two J at Chris Jericho, and then he did a stream video and he kind of snapped off on everybody for it. I heard that about was twenty it. years ago. WWE doesn't even I call me Y two J anymore. Yeah, but dude, it's gonna happen. You know? Right? People yeah. still say you suck when Kurt Angle comes out. He doesn't mm. shit on people for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jericho just guess... seems to—he seems to be coming old man yells at Cloud a lot. A little bit, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's... and he's—he's he's like almost the bigger instigator with WWE than even Cody Rhodes. The way he like calls him out and yells shit and like, oh yeah, NXT should go to Tuesdays. Get the hell away from our show. Then maybe yeah. they can get some ratings. Like, <laughs> he has been lately. He just—I uh... love Jericho. I love his in-ring work and I love his promos and stuff. But yeah, he just kind of seems like he's—he's he's becoming that out-of-touch old wrestler. Yeah, um, if that's his, if, that, if it's a character, it works. You know what I mean. I hope it's not him, like in general. Yeah, yeah. But I thought this was um this was better than I had anticipated. Um, they had two vats of mimosa on either side of the ring, and they weren't mobile. It was just two like what hot tub sized pits. Did they have two mat- vats? I didn't. Yes, even there was one on vats. either side of the ring. One. One on either side of the ring. Huh. Sad. 
No, I thought this was good. It, it was a good showcase for Orange Cassidy. Um, it is kind of weird. I don't know that he's if he's always done it or if it's just something he's come up with since Roman Reigns came back heel or what. But the Orange Punch, the Orange Punch. Yeah, I've I've never known the Orange Punch, but it could be something from before. Yeah. Either way, I think it's funny they're going to try to get over a baby face with a Superman punch when WWE couldn't do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but or it fits Orange's character a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. The way it, he throws it, his body and he, like, twists in midair, it's 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 very yeah. Marvel. Like, holy shit. Right. Uh, but I thought this match was good, and then after the fact, Chris Jericho had done a, a, a thing talking about it, and he was talking about how he had watched all these old like uh, explosive ring matches and stuff like that. He wanted to do something like that, but of course, safer. <laughs> and and so I guess it makes sense. Like they really don't want to fall into the pit. There's a lot of real close calls and all this. There there was more they could have done with it. I, I hope it doesn't come back again. Um. But for what it's worth, it was fun. This this could have been higher in the card. I think you could have you could have probably put the the cinematic match in this position and put push the mimosa mayhem up to mid card probably instead of being the piss break match that we all know the eighth match usually is. I uh, you said it was better than you expected. My first sentence in my notes: I didn't know what to expect, but I know I wanted better. <laughs> uh, I think this was perfect for a piss break match. This was bad. This was just bad. There was, to me, there was no redeeming qualities. The only, I'll, I'll give it one redeeming quality, and that's that we got to see Orange Cassidy do just his wrestler gimmick and not his his uh, kind of out of it guy. You know, he wasn't nonchalant at all. He went full in. He was a yeah. wrestler from the beginning. Jumped in right away and didn't play any of those games. And he works that way. He has to keep his character. Don't get me wrong. It has yeah. to be a major match that he does it. But it works. Um, the teasers That's were where well I question, done. like, if you put the title on him, then he has to care, right? He can't do that. I don't care so much. Well, we'll have to find out, I guess. I don't it, see Orange Cassidy having the world title. I hope not. I well, don't Chris think Jericho works. called this as an experiment to see if they could put Orange Cassidy over as a top guy. So... Well, you can be a top guy without winning the title ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the teases were well done, but, you know, like you said, Jericho said he, he, he's seen the barbed wire matches and the glass matches and kind of wanted to go with that. And, and I see exactly what he's saying now that he says that, but at the uh-huh. same time... There's nothing scary about a Vata Mimosa. Well, I guess other than your pride, you don't want to lose. But <laughs> anybody who's watched those old FMW, IWA matches, I mean... you. They were all movable objects. You could move those panes of glasses. You could move those uh, barb, those exploding barbed wire. Um, they were just all they were were wood uh, pieces of pal- uh, pallet wood with uh, or particle board with landmines in them. And they weren't even real landmines. They were just you know like pyro. But yeah, and, and they moved them all over. They put them in the ring. They put them on the outside of the ring. They'd set them up in turnbuckles. So you could set up spots where this you could tell they were kind of forcing spots that didn't quite work they were almost falling into the vat where it was like obvious kind of cartoonish like whoa 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 you could see yeah, kind of yeah, Fred, yeah. Fred Flintstone doing it or something and uh, you know it I, I'll tell you this Cassidy got the crowd fired up 
Yeah. How that fucking happened. The the tag match that I thought was the best, the cl- crowd was fucking sleeping. And this match, the crowd was fucking hyped. So it must have been better live than it was on TV for me, at least, because <laughs> the crowd was into it. I, I wasn't. I think it would have been a little better without the handcuff gimmicks also. But I think they did the best with what they had. And I really hope this is the end of the issues between these two because uh, I was feeling punny when I wrote these. I don't think AEW has any more they can squeeze out of them. <laughs> I was feeling punny that night. I'm sorry. I think it was because I was hanging out with my boy. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't need to see these two wrestle another match. No, I mean it's it's done. It's good. And uh, as of Dynamite, I guess uh, Chris Jericho and Jack Hager are entering themselves in the tag division. So yeah, I guess you can call okay. yourself done with this. You'll probably see them versus best friends, right? And I gave this one a D plus. I mean, it would have been if it weren't for Matt Hardy, it would have been the, the worst match on the card. So I guess they should thank Matt Hardy, at least in my opinion. <laughs> so you are ultra critical of AEW all the time. But I, uh, I don't think I'm ultra critical. I just want them to actually try, you know. If you if you set up and say you're going to be a, a major company, just put a little effort in. The smaller companies do it. Yeah. I I, I kind of to me I think that I I think I gauge them the same way I'd gauge WWE because that's where they've put themselves. Yeah. If WWE put on that mimosa match, you cannot tell me one person on the internet would have thought it was good. No, not probably not. One. Definitely, it could not. have been the exact same match just with in play, insert this wrestler. Roman Reigns and King Corbin. Yeah, nobody, everybody would have said it was the worst thing ever. So I just try to, I try to vats of them. dog food. I try to gauge them like that, and also, I mean, a lot of the talent I think deserves better, and I think we've we've seen that with Kenny Omega. It's like. Maybe he's choosing not to put it all out there, and that's okay, but when he has a match, I'm going to personally expect just a little bit more out of him. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. Like I said, I think a lot of that, especially with Kenny Omega, is based on the whole everybody thought they were going to push themselves to the moon when the company started, and they had to prove that they weren't going to do it, but now is the time when they have to start doing it because they, they, they need to be the top guys of their company. I, I hate to say it. Well, plus, you can put on a five-star match and not win and get your opponent over. Yeah. You know, yeah. what better way to get your opponent over than to have a five-star match with them and lose? Yeah. So, okay, we're running long, Pacey. Let's move into the main event. Yes, the AEW World Championship match, seeing John Moxley defeating MJF with a banned move. This was a main event. It was 20-some minutes long. It was, was a John Moxley-MJF match, and it wasn't... Probably up to par with what it, it should have been. Um, the finish was cool. I liked that uh, Wardlow tossed MJF the ring and distracted the ref, and Mox saw the ring and MJF, and it was like, oh, the ref's not looking. I'm going to get you. <laughs> right. Um, and then the fallout of that is is MJF and Wardlow are, are probably going to split soon as of Dynamite because MJF was like in his face and Wardlow tried to get up E and he's like, well, AEW doesn't pay you. I do. And so Wardlow kind of pulled back. But I, I look forward to that kind of boiling over. That could be good. Yeah. Yeah, I, did, I, I agree. I, I did like the ending. The only thing... I suppose that's probably where you have a lot of criticism for this, is there was no real blow-off to anything on this pay-per-view. All the actual blow-off came on on the on Dynamite. Yeah, you know, which is probably kind of sloppy. I don't know. But I did think that um, the ending of the match, like you said, it was good. The only issue I have with that is that you had Moxley breaking the rules 
to beat a rule breaker. And it's like, well, I think that leaves room for, for a rematch though. It does. It does. And that's one of my criticisms also is, uh, I, the very last sentence in my notes, the last thing we need is another match with these two anytime soon. <laughs> um, this did work in some spots. MJF targeting the arms I thought was good, you know, getting ready to do the salt of the earth and trying to put that on so many times. Yeah. I, I liked that. It Again, it just felt too... I don't know what was with all these matches. They all felt a little too long, a lot of them. I'm not sure. I, it's the Matt Hardy stuff, I think. I think I, after Matt was. Hardy, the rest of the show was long. real hard to watch. It was. I, Hardy, I had a hard time paying attention to anything. I agree. Um, it, it lacked a sense of urgency, I thought. Um, it featured, of course, AEW's patented unnecessary blood. There was no reason for blood to get into this feud. Um, I didn't get that point, to be honest. Um no. Post-match set up Moxley versus Archer, which we knew coming out of the latter match. But like you said, logic would dictate MJF will remain in the title hunt. So I put three-way, meh. Yeah, that's what I'm I think too. I don't think Lance Archer versus Moxley is going to be a good match on its own. I think you make it a triple threat. No, but I don't, I guess seeing this match and then looking at Lance Archer, I don't know that I want to see these three guys in a match. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it's one of those things where you put three weird ingredients together and they become a masterpiece, but uh, Mommy. I gave this a, that's what I we gave call this that. A, a C minus. Uh, if it wasn't the main event, I probably would have gave it maybe a C and C plus maybe, but. God, this, I don't know what it was about this pay-per-view. Maybe it's because I sat down and just, like, focused on it. I didn't didn't distract myself with with shiny objects uh, in between. That I just kind of, it didn't seem to hit for me, even the matches I thought would. Yeah, no, I found myself having a lot more complaints out of this, like letting Matt Hardy restart the match, or JR saying he wished that uh, uh, Thunder Rosa would have had a wardrobe malfunction. It was uh, Amy or whatever her name is. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. The gal with, um, was it the gal with the Dark Order? Or... Yeah, there you go. Whatever her name is. I don't even remember her name. Yeah, remember. yeah, but still, that was, it, was, it, was, it was classless. Yeah. Um, but we did come down, it, it came down to being a uh, six and six pasty. So we kind of assumed we had so many the same that it probably would come down to a tie. Tiebreaker was would the mimosa match end in the mimosa? Pasty said yes. Pasty, you won this this pay per view seven to six. Way to yes. go, my friend. Score one uh, for the big guy. Best match of the night, Pasty? Probably the tag team championships. Okay. And um, I'm giving it a final grade of C, average. It was an average pay-per-view. It was. Um, I could see it being one of, you know, WWE's B or C-list pay-per-views, but this is supposed to be one of their big, I don't know if they got big four. They got, yeah, they got full gear all out. See, I I would be inclined to give the pay-per-view overall a B minus, C plus, but... Because of letting Matt Hardy continue, that's like the worst business decision I've seen them pull in AEW, and they could have ended his life or career. Right. Uh, I'm going to say C-. minus. Yeah, and that's a big part of migrating, too. And like you yeah. said, I think just the rest of I think the rest of the pay-per-view, A, it left a bad taste in your mouth anyways. Yeah. And B, I mean, that match only went nine minutes, and that was with a lot of in-between shit. It was probably meant to go 15, 20 minutes. Right. So yeah. I think a lot of the matches I mean, down the line had to pad it. It's a broken rules match. I expected to see some like Lake of Incarnation reincarnation stuff or at least some right. kind of broken spots and 
And then and then Matt Hardy shows up on Dynamite to give his spiel about how he's going to go home and recover and he'll be back, but he did the whole thing as Matt Hardy and it wasn't like in character or anything. And I'm thinking Broken Matt's got to be dead now. Yeah. It's not working. He's been spinning his tires in the mud. It's been too long since Impact for it to gain traction the way it had. I think you're right. I think he needs to either come back just as Matt Hardy or, or reinvent himself again. He, yeah, reinvent himself is probably the best bet because there's no real value in just Matt Hardy. I'm sorry, but oh, I, I'm cool. honest. <laughs> probably that's, true. That's what scares, that true. scares the shit out of me because AEW pulled out these stops to get Matt Hardy there to find out that this just isn't going to work the way they want it to. And so now what? You know, well, even, if they just, even if they keep him as just a behind-the-scenes creative guy, I think yeah. that's valuable. Yeah, I think that's valuable too. Rebby would probably be happier with that. Right. <laughs> you know what? She can be a bitch sometimes and be and be out of out of line. She was. I, I agreed with her a hundred percent. She yeah. was allowed to rant. Oh yeah, very very much so. Uh, I, I was actually looking out for it as soon as the spot happened. I was like, yeah. I can't wait to hear her go off. And we'll actually get to her actual <laughs> rant when we get into the uh, injuries. Pacey, let's uh, knock it up a little bit and kind of hit through some of these these news. I don't want no here. more kids, Fat Mac. I'm telling you. <laughs> now let's snap it to this week's edition of the Savage Sentinel. Yes, Paige spoke out about Vinnie Mac's third-party edict, going back to our main story of the night, telling followers, just so you guys know, this is all going to be changed, Paige said about WWE-related graphics behind her. It's going to be changed to Soraya, my real name. We are not going to get rid of our Twitch. We are here to stay. We are not going anywhere. Twitch is our house. I am the queen of Twitch. So there's no chance in hell we are getting rid of my stream. We're here. <laughs> We're here to stay. No, guys. I can keep it. It's just psoriasis. Just have to change it all over to Soraya. Thank you for understanding. I know it's going to be a bit weird to get used to Soraya. But it is what it is. I don't think anybody cares about your Twitch channel page. I don't think they do either. Although she is, <laughs> she is right. It's going to take people a while to get used to Soraya, as Pasty pointed out. Yes. 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 Um, keeping on that, though, during the all-out post-show, Tony Khan was asked about AEW talent making money from third-party entities such as Twitch after Vince McMahon issued this edict banning his talents. And Khan said uh, a, a very diplomatic, maybe political answer. He said, it's a very topical and good question. I don't want the wrestlers being concerned that I'm going to stop them from trying to monetize their Twitch or appearance money for that matter. Then he adds, but there are gray areas, and I think there are different forms of media and platforms. I probably have different answers for different platforms. I think some sponsorship stuff is a gray area. If one of your big stars or wrestlers was to go and get a Pepsi sponsorship on their Twitch and not as a wrestler, then it would seem like they are trying to circumvent the company. That money, uh, that money shows the greed, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Somebody should have. Somebody should have told Macho Man that he couldn't go out and get a right? slim gym. Right. You know, Where would uh, we be without that? Holy shit! We wouldn't have beef sticks. That's <laughs> We'd still be thinking of a name to this date. Yeah, so I mean, he, he admits that uh, that he would be a little looser than McMahon, but he also was smart enough not to not to to paint himself in a corner, and he left it very open, yes. just basically saying they're gray areas, and I'd have different answers for different things. So, I mean, that's smart as a businessman. Mm -hmm. 
But at least, uh, I mean, I give him credit. He didn't go out there and say, no, we'd never do that. We'll let our, our guys do anything because he's a businessman and he knows uh, he's not going to do that. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, because if you get a Pepsi sponsorship, he wants some of that too. He wants that Pepsi <laughs> money, baby. You can't live off of Do you think AEW is going to be sponsored by Pepsi next week? They, I hope they are. <laughs> they, they ain't going to make money off Bang Energy, I'm telling you. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> <sighs> WWE made edits to recent indie content added to the WWE network, apparently due to allegations coming out of the hashtag speaking out movement on social media. The network recently added the WXW Toronto 2019 show on the indie section. That card opened with Julian Pace versus Seema versus Daniel McCabe versus Brent Bakes. Banks. But the match was removed as Pace had allegations against him. The WWE Network also edited their version of the current WXW Toronto 2019 show to remove an angle with David Starr and current WWE NXT UK champion Walter. Walter doesn't have any accusations against him, though, right? Just no, but David Starr does. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of split on this. First of all, I actually watched this not too long ago, so I got to see the four-way, which is actually a really good match. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Taking I'm just it, saying they didn't the kill their families like, and then hang themselves, yeah, and you can still say, see Benoit, him on the network. <laughs> Benoit's on there. Snooka's on there. I mean, everybody, Jerry Lawler, everybody's on there. So it's yeah. like, I don't know about taking them off. Now, well, I guess you can't. You I can make the, it harder gray, to find them by not be, be, you know, popping it up under the search or whatever. The gray area here, to take a word from Tony Khan, is that they're going to get royalties. Um, where Chris Benoit is not going to get royalties. Jimmy Snuka is not getting royalties. Uh, Lawler is getting royalties, but he never got convicted. Um, so until they're convicted, once they're convicted, WWE doesn't have to give them royalties. There's a law mm. there um, nowadays. I think about tw- 10 years ago it got put out that... Um, that criminals can't uh, profit off of their crimes. So if a serial killer writes a book, he can't get any money from it. So, I mean, I guess there is that, that they would get royalties from this, so maybe that's the point. Eh, I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going out looking for these. I'm not going to order the network for these shows. But like I said, that, uh, that Toronto show, that four-way, was an awesome match, so I'm glad I got to see it before they pulled it. Yeah, hey, at least you were on the ball there. I'm balling. Balling! Oh, well, Pacey, we got some good news coming up. It has been announced that Cena will co-host the upcoming Wipeout Revival on TBS with Nailed It host Nicole Byer. TV Line reports that Cena and Byer will offer comedic commentary on each episode, and model and actress Camille Kostek will be the sideline reporter. I love Wipeout. Yeah, Wipeout with Cena commentary, I think that'll be pretty good. Right, Especially if he's anything like his characters in Southpaw Wrestling. They should have kept uh, uh, John... Um, John... Um, Laurinaitis? John, no, John from Wipeout. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, they were both John, actually, but I'm thinking of John Henson. Henson. John Henson. They should have kept John Henson. I love John. John Henson would have been. I love him. He's just so fun. <laughs> but um, 
You talk about Southpaw. I'm just going to bring this in here for a second. They got me all excited that they were going to have more Southpaw stuff, but then I then I like clicked the the clickbait and I opened it up and it's like adding new Southpaw to whatever mobile game WWE run. <laughs> oh fuck. I thought it was more Southpaw. No, it's Dude, really, It would be so hard to do Southpaw and now that most of those people aren't even with WWE well, that's what anymore. I was, I was wondering how they were going to do it cuz it was really kind of uh the Good Brothers creative, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It would like you could definitely tell it was their creative after watching Talking Shop Mania. <laughs> like it's Too exactly right. the same shit. Too right. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to that. I might actually start watching Wipeout with Cena as a host. That's that's good. Uh, in an update from last week, MLW announced beginning next week, its show is moving to Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time on the Fubo Sports Network. That's right. They're going head-to-head with your favorites, AEW Dynamite and maybe NXT unless they go to Tuesdays. replays will also air the same night at 10 p.m eastern moving to a weeknight and in prime time was one of our goals with the restart said court bauer mlw ceo and founder is that what the show is going to be called is that why it's capitalized the restart (laughs) Uh, the rankings reset every week (laughs) it's a mad dash to try to become the champion you have to win so many matches each night they're just going to save money by taping the same show and then just Groundhog Day it every time. Just a year of the same fucking one-hour show. It's the restart! Gotta love it. Uh, Court Bauer said, Fubo Sports offers us two great windows to catch the realest wrestling in the sport while placing us on over 75 million screens. So they're really they're gotta... they're being played on the on the Thunderdome screens. Is that right? <laughs> I really got to question this. Why the fuck would you move to Wednesday at seven? I don't know. That's the worst time to move to right now. You'd think MLW and AEW would be more buddy buddy. That's what I would hope anyway. Yeah, and you can't imagine that Fubo Sports was like, "We'll take you, but you have <laughs> to go against these two giants." <laughs> Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I really don't get it. And then, then you're going to offer a replay at 10 p.m.? Well, nobody's going to watch it then because they're all going to watch either NXT or, or well, they'll probably watch NXT like they're doing. Then they'll catch the 10 o'clock replay of uh, MLW, and then they'll watch their, uh, or I mean, I meant AEW. They'll watch AEW, then they'll watch the, the replay for MLW, and then they'll watch NXT on the network or on um. Uh, SmackDown, not SmackDown. What's that <laughs> thing called? Hulu. That's what there you go. <laughs> I knew it, I knew it aired on something. USA. I mean, they're like, also on USA Fat Mac. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you, if you're watching, you yeah, have to I watch it live. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, that's what you do. You watch AEW Dynamite, then you watch MLW Replay at ten, and then the next day you watch Hulu for your NXT fix, and you get them all. Yeah. I mean, that's why. Honestly, isn't that why AEW is winning the ratings right now? Because everybody knows they can just watch tomorrow for NXT. It's it's right. a reason. It's yeah. a reason. Yeah, I, I definitely think it, it plays a big part. Because, yeah, I'm never in a hurry to watch NXT. It's never the one I'm watching on Wednesday, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> because you know you can watch it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
I'm totally NXT fine. I'm totally fine with watching AEW and then reading about NXT. You know what I mean? It's not right. a takeover, and the last takeover, I don't know if I'm going to look forward to the next one. I know. Uh, uh, interesting move. I'm glad that MLW is making moves, but I don't know that this is the right move. But <clears throat> it'll be we'll funny see. if MLW starts pulling better ratings than NXT, though. <laughs> on Fubo Sports, of all, if we can do that on Fubo Sports. <laughs> Wow, Court Bauer's got something going on, baby. Right. 75 million screens, Fat Mac. That's that's potential for a lot of ratings. That's true. That's, <laughs> you know, 75 million. They could even bring it into a bar, Pasty. <laughs> yes. One we of talked about that last that has, week. has Fubo Sports play. <laughs> <laughs> put on that Fubo. And they put on the Vikings-Packers <laughs> game. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> They just thought he was a special kid asking for football. I want my football. <laughs> I, I better go. I better go. Hey, Pacey, the NWA is prepping for its big return with the premiere of Primetime Live. Yeah. Yes, Pacey, the old PTL will be similar to the original run of TNA. Reminds me week- of TRL, Total Request <laughs> Live. With a weekly reasonably priced pay-per-view. Episodes for this weekly pay-per-view show can be purchased separately or part of a four-episode bundle. Single episodes will be purchased through Fight for $7.99 each, or a four-episode bundle can be purchased for $23.99. Single episodes are also available for $11.99. Why would you pay that? (laughs) So uh, this is interesting. They're going back the way of uh, how TNA started, back when TNA was a, a part of NWA. Yeah, yeah. It didn't work good for TNA. No. I I personally bought a handful of these pay-per-views, and, and I enjoyed every one, but I can't drop eight bucks a week for a pay-per-view. I would if it was talking shop. <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't even drop eight bucks a week for that. That's Well, I mean, you have to pay their Patreon spend. to even listen to their podcast. So, I mean, it's right. like... <laughs> yeah, that's... Um... Again, good for them. It's good that uh, it's good that NWA is making moves and stuff. And it's a, it'll it's be a bit of a risky maneuver, I think. <laughs> it it is. So, I mean, either they make money or they today. won't. And if they're not doing shows, they're not making money. So it's it's worth a shot. That's true. But then you look at like when TNA started it back in two thousand two. There was no streaming services. There was no WWE Network. YouTube didn't have wrestling shows on it. Like you couldn't, you couldn't get free wrestling back then, other than yeah, watching. Yeah, you it can live watch on NWA on YouTube right now. I know. Why can't but, they just take the ad revenue and go and have I mean, that's, fun? That's what I'm saying. It's back then. TNA didn't do great, and that was when there was no other way to watch pay, yeah. uh, wrestling other than to pay for it. Yeah. Now there's so much free stuff. It's it, I go back to MLW. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it's like these two guys, these small companies that I love and I've been rooting for, they seem to be making, each of them making a big mistake. And I could be wrong. I'm not a businessman. I've never owned a wrestling company, but. Maybe they're uh, just suicidal. Maybe they want to go bankrupt so like AEW can buy them out or something. Suicidal, genocidal, homicidal. I mean, they buy them out and then everybody gets merged into the company and they still got jobs and it's like, Yeah. Why not, I guess? And it's better than just folding and saying COVID killed us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess I don't. Know. That's that's the ego of it. Here. I think I don't know. I, I could be completely off in my judgment there too. It's it's a shot in the dark guess, but that right. that's to me what it feels like is a it's a march towards the edge of the cliff. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, last week we told you about Ray Mysterio's new cartoon series uh, coming to Cartoon Network Latin. And this week we get to announce a manga series starring Tetsuya Naito is coming to North America titled New Japan Academy. Yen Press is publishing and it will be out October digitally. The series follows Naito as a teenager attempting to become the top star of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I like that. And I like that it's available in America. My son's excited for this one. He likes likes reading manga and... uh... (laughs) I told him about it, and he knows I'm a huge Naito fan. He's watched some matches, but he doesn't watch a lot of New Japan at all. He just I knows wanna, Okada I just want to see Naito drawn in manga fashion. I bet oh. he's so cute. He is so cute in real life. I'd bang him. <laughs> Put my dick in his ass. Watch Not as a teenager, him. I hope. Watch, watch him open that one eye for me to give him the old <laughs> money shot. <laughs> That depends on what age teenager. 18, 19, sure, why not? <laughs> okay, Velveteen Dream. Uh, speaking of Velveteen Dream, Pasty, uh, he has nothing to do with this next news article. <laughs> Should have just flowed right into it. Would have been great. I know, right? <laughs> World Wrestling Network has announced Eddie Kingston's Grindhouse event taking place in Port Ritchie, Florida on September 26th. Can we go? I want to go. Fuck, that sounds good right there. Don't even tell me any more details. I'm sold. All right, moving on. <laughs> Actually, just just take your headphones off, and I'll, I'll, let our, I'll let our listeners know what's coming on. Okay. The promotion is mostly shrouded in mystery at this time, with Kingston leaving a brief message on his YouTube channel asking for willing fighters to come through. However, Kingston's aura does certainly set a tone for the promotion. We do know the veteran voice of WWN, Lenny Leonard, will be calling the action as head commentator. We should expect more updates from WWN as the date draws near, and we will keep you informed. I want to see this as Eddie Kingston's Raw Underground, but it actually works because they're hardcore badass dudes doing hardcore badass things. Ah, it would be fun. That would be good. I'm, I'm curious, too, if uh, AEW would allow some of his his contingent to, to make an appearance. Yeah. You know, see some of the, see the Lucha Brothers and them. Oh, yeah. I want to see Butcher and the Blade get their hands dirty. You know, for a heel tag team, they've been very clean the entire time they've been in AEW. They have. Especially with names like Butcher and Blade. Yeah, right? Could get real bloody in the grindhouse. I expect that with Eddie Kingston's name being stapled to the front of it. There you go. Yes. Sounds good. Sounds damn good. On Memorial Monday, Ring of Honor revealed uh, via YouTube the bracket for their pure title tournament redux. Redo. Restart. (laughs) A historic championship in the company and one of Fat Mac's favorite championships of all time. Yes, 100. The pure title is returning in 2020M. And the competition is stacked with talent worthy of the gold. For a more comprehensive look at the history of this esteemed title, Ring of Honor has also published an overview of every pure title victory in the history of the belt so far. 
This ranges from the first match between AJ Styles and CM Punk all the way to the unification match between Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness years later. And I can't wait to see this legacy kick off once more. And I was thinking, Pasty, it'd be fun for you and I to just go through the, the blocks and the brackets and pick who we think could win out of everybody. Yes. Um, if, if you're down for that. Oh, always. Hey, there you go. It could even maybe be a uh, tiebreaker on whatever week this ends or something like that. I don't know. Or just do it for fun or I don't know. Either way, block A, Pasty, we see Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle. David Finley versus Rocky Romero. Silas Young versus Fred Yeehy. Tracy Williams versus Rust Taylor. You want to knock out Block B for us? Yes. In Block B, we have Jonathan Gresham versus Wheeler Yuta. Delirious versus Matt Seidel, who, who may be <laughs> delirious after <laughs> All Out. Yeah. Man, him... Uh, <laughs> Can you just imagine him and Matt Hardy laid up backstage together after their matches? (laughs) (laughs) Poor guys. Josh Woods versus Kenny King. And PJ Black versus Tony Deepin. It could be Deppin, but I like Deepin better. It is Deppin, but I like Deepin. Yeah, I agree. Who do you think out of uh, of all these, these 16 young fellers... Who, who do you see maybe maybe walking home with the the brand new re, redux of the pure title? Remember, they were going to do this earlier this year and uh, ended up having to cancel due to COVID. So some of these names have changed up from the original. Yeah. Are we picking one in both block? I was just going to pick one to win it all. I don't know. And then I, I guess we I mean, block A let's is go, just difficult. Let's go with one. Block let's A go is with... difficult. Block okay, B. Go for, is... go for one in each block. We can do that. All right. Tasty, tasty uh... A. Tasty B. And then you pick uh, you pick your A first. I'll pick my B first. How's that go? All or right. do you want me to do it the other way? No, okay. you do block A first. You've had more okay. time to think about this. Um, I haven't, but that's all right. I'm going to go with uh, the block A. I'm going to go with... There's uh, so many good options in Block A. I just want to say that right off the bat. Like, yeah, Block B is I, far easier to pick. The one, the one I was going to pick is in Block B, like, for the all-around winner. So, I'm going to go with... Uh, 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 I'll go with... Uh, it's a long shot because he's uh, an older feller, but I'm going Rocky Romero because I love the son of a bitch. I really want to say that, but at the same time, I'm going Dalton Castle. He was my yeah. He was my other guy. I figured it was not that I feel too. like he's a pure champion, but as the first one, you know, it works. And I love Dalton Castle. And anytime I can see him draped in gold, I'm all for it. Jay Lethal's good. David Finley, I wouldn't be surprised. Silas Young, uh, that's 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 a pretty pretty stacked category. It is, uh, it is. for for Block B though. Man, my, Matt Seidel just did hit that that AEW stuff. But I'm going to go with Kenny King. Oh, sounds good. And he he definitely fits it to a T. But um, I'm going to pick the guy who, when I first saw his name, I was like, "This is the, he has pure champion written all over him." Jonathan Gresham. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. He's he's a he's, <laughs> he might be a, you know might be a little obvious, but I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. He'd do the history well. So then, Block A has their how. Uh, 
it's just it's going to be what four rounds of tournament then sure or is this all done in one night i don't know we just you just read it that's all we got to go on buddy <laughs> i'm guessing it's going to be multiple nights is my guess i would hope so this but. this is this is looking really good yeah oh so much, we're gonna have so many good matches coming from this and, and and onward with the pure title um i'll tell you what i can't wait to see what comes or it goes which brings us to uh comings and goings pasty ow, ow, let's get to it wwe reportedly released several employees on thursday PW Insider reports one source believes there was more than 60 staffers let go on Thursday. (laughs) Most of these cuts were already furloughed or working in departments that aren't very active due to the coronavirus pandemic. It was noted that travel and live events departments were hit the hardest this week, which is due to the lack of work needed from those departments because of how WWE schedule was impacted by COVID-19. Confirmed releases as of this writing include staff writer Anthony Beningo, producer Sarah, Sarah Stock, producer Mike Rotunda, and Gerald Briscoe. And boy, the safety net for Bray Wyatt just got a lot thinner, didn't it? Oh, his papa's out. His sister's his, out. Mm, Is Bo Dallas crazy. gone already? No, Bo's still there. Where? Somehow. (laughs) Where is he? Uh, Probably at home, but (laughs) he's still collecting a paycheck. Uh, He's still still collecting a paycheck. Yeah, I don't know if this is really bad for Bray Wyatt or really good for Bray Wyatt, because this could get him out of the company into some place that will actually respect his ability to be a character. Uh, But, yeah. I... I, uh... I have to say, though, I hope it doesn't happen before we get to see The Fiend versus Willow. That would be so cool. I didn't even think about that. Well, that's Jeff Hardy's been putting that out on media that he, on his social media that he wants to bring Willow into the, uh, to the WWE. Yeah, and Vince so is going like, to say, oh. if this gets over with people, I'm out of touch. <laughs> and then it's going to get over, and then he's just going to say, no, you're not doing this anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I don't care if, uh... It's, it's, that's a scary place, because you're willing to give the Willow gimmick to Vince then, right? Um, I'm assuming he has to sell the soul of the character. Uh, not necessarily. I think Jeff Hardy's big enough that he could, uh, finagle it to be his own. It's gonna have only one L in it, or something. I mean, Broken Matt was Woken Matt, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that would be... That would be some intense shit. It'd be interesting, that's for sure. Could we throw Demon Balor in there? Sure, I don't care. We can throw I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't been the demon since they were supposed to do that Sister Abigail versus Pumpkinhead match. So so that would make sense for him to come back for that. He could right. even be Pumpkinhead again. That could be a hell in a cell. And it would probably I, I, suck. I don't want to see Pumpkinhead <laughs> <laughs> It was sad. Uh, but. And, of course, Gerald Briscoe. Fucking how many years of service? Like, what? He, I think I read 23, but I feel like it's more than that. Yeah, I think uh, 20, uh, yeah, 23 behind the scenes for sure. Um, what is this, 2020? No, that's probably right. It probably was back in the uh, late 80s or late, yeah. I mean, late 90s. And, and I'm assuming 
Vince knows from his best friend more than we do because he's getting rid of travel departments and live event, events departments. And, and the president was just saying that there should be a vaccine by October. So, so I don't <laughs> think there is going to be one. So says Vince McMahon, who probably knows more. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I don't see why you'd slash all those jobs uh, just before things are supposedly going to get better. Yeah, not... I don't think so. No. Uh, I don't think so. But we got uh we got new people moving in in AEW and in fact their latest acquisition as we've kind of talked about at the beginning of the show, the best man Miro and yes the best man isn't just for the wedding gimmick that is his moniker going forward. It's weird. And he is now uh, in case you don't know he is the former Rusev but he now has blonde hair with his black beard. He's so pretty. So um, that 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 it it doesn't not work. I think. You know, earlier I think uh, I think Jer when I was talking about Jericho complaining about them chanting Y two J and all that, I think it may have worked because the fans did not chant Rusev Day at all on Dynamite. They chanted Miro Day. I was gonna say yeah, Miro Day was. I a, expected a Rusev Day. Chant. I think it would have been welcomed even at this point, but. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, in the run-up to his debut, Miro confessed he tried to make himself numb, he said. The closer it got, however, the more excited he got, pointing to his AEW moniker as the best man. Miro explained how it's not just a gimmick. Instead, the name reflects his feelings that he is the best professional wrestler in the world, and Shane McMahon has something to say about that, buddy. During his first appearance, Miro talked about how he was finally free from being, quote, under the same house, under the same glass ceiling with an imaginary brass ring. He then declared his previous employers could take that brass ring and shove it up their ass. That's good. That's good. I don't know about the whole best man gimmick, uh, but it's AEW. I'm assuming he's going to be able to be the silly self that he's wanted to be. Or maybe he can be a, a, a hard-hitting, serious brute. Who's who's funny backstage? I think I think a lot of the stuff that he wanted to do in WWE was to get himself over as a, a fan favorite kind of every yeah. guy kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I liked his debut. It's it's weird. Um, it, it works. Did they explain why he's his best man? No, just that was how they brought him in. <laughs> I'm assuming he's going to ruin their wedding. Right. He'll have like some kind of traumatic flashback to, to WWE and, and, and break up their wedding. And... He gets to be the new cook. Yeah, or or they just skip that part in general and then he just ruins the wedding and, and then destroys things for a while as, as the big badass he is. I think it's funny Rusev came out looking like Eminem with the dark beard and the blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it works. I'm just saying it doesn't not work. No, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it it feels it feels like what he wants to feel like. I think it feels it feels like I got to give it some time. See yeah. a minute, you know, see yeah. him move around in it, and then, and then it'll probably be then I'll be used to it. Yeah, some things just stand stand out as awful, and this doesn't. It just doesn't stand out as great. My dog's dying over here. Is that your dog trying to breathe? Yeah. Holy buckets, that's loud. Yeah, well, she was, like, on the couch right next to the mic. <laughs> She's like, I got to get up here. I got to get on the show. 
Hollywood uh, Wrestling has also officially signed former NXT roster member Tay Conti to a contract. Conti completed, competed in the recent AEW Women's Tag Team Cup as Anna Jay's partner. They defeated Nyla Rose and Arian Andrew in the first round. That's uh, former Cameron in WWE, if you don't remember. In the second round, they would lose to the eventual tournament winners, Ivelisse and Diamante. Ever since teaming with the Dark Order's Anna Jay, Brody Lee's faction has been attempting to recruit Conti into their ranks. Conti was released from her NXT contract back in April. AEW announced Conti's signing on Twitter Wednesday, and she faced Nyla Rose in a match as her debut and lost. Huh, good. She's uh she's she's another talent can go good here. She's green. She needs yeah. some work, but she's yeah. but she's got so much potential. Yeah, WWE should have gave her more of a shot, I think. Yeah. But it's probably better I mean, than she have, there. Didn't she have injury issues? I think so, yeah. I want to say she had some injuries and that might be, you know. Who knows? But yeah, I think she could be a welcome addition to a, a women's division. They need to do something with their women's division. I don't know if just loading it up with a bunch of people works um unless they're gonna get rid of some women maybe but let's start doing something right with them and uh yeah but i'll tell you what pacey the dark order's recruitment efforts have extended far beyond the world of AEW itself because this week on being the elite silver and reynolds excitedly revealed that they had recruited blockbuster entertainment award-winning actor and stand-up comedian sinbad to join the Dark Order. The Kazam star expressed his loyalty via cameo, putting up the Dark Order hand gesture. Ooh. This is the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> God damn. Sometimes they just seem so much more and more like WWE. It scares me. Don't no, WWE would go for more of a relevant star than Simbad, I think. I think it's funny that AEW it, it it it's it's lampooning it's 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 parody it's it's funny. Uh, and know. and it's using cameo to their benefit when WWE is banning it. I I wouldn't call bringing Sinbad on to their benefit. Hey Fat Mac, <laughs> I I forgot to tell you I spent the whole budget on on a cameo from Sinbad too. God damn it! I saw it on Dynamite and I'm like, oh, he's gonna be hot property again. We gotta get him for the show. He's out there. He's out there making the making the rounds promoting Kazam 2. <laughs> Kazam 2 back in the Zam. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't like this one. I don't like this one. It's very uh, very WWE-ish and it kind of especially for a group like the Dark Order. Let's well, that's just... what I'm saying. The Dark Order is like they're they're bad guys but it's it's a lot of the shit they do is comedy if you see them on they have they have a very strong prominence on being the elite and a lot of their stuff is really funny (laughs) but it still works because Brody lee's like the aggressive guy who kicks the shit out of all of them and keeps them in line so it's like i don't know it's bumbling idiots and it's funny it just makes me think of like cheech and chong on raw or something it's just like it's nobody knew why they were on there nobody knows why sinbad is in the dark order (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm sure that's the only time you're ever going to see him. They paid for a cameo. That's a one-shot thing. <laughs> I mean, unless he catches wind that this is going to be good for his career. Hope like hell. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
Well, what's good news, I suppose, Tessa Blanchard is returning to wrestling, but it's not in a major promotion. What? Blanchard's first booking since being released by Impact will be at Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series event. As she'll face Kylie Ray in defense of Blanchard's Women's Championship, which she has held for 488 days since May 5th of last year. The card will air live on Fight on September 12th. Here's the rest of the card. We'll see a real slobber knocker between IHOP TJP and Alex Shelley. The Rascals take on Myron Reed, Chris Bay, and Jordan Oliver. Thunder Rosa takes on Kimberly. Dan the Dad will take on Elena Black, which is just... What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really excited for this, though. Joey Janela takes on Warhorse. That's going to be good. I want to see the promos for that. Yes. Whew. This next one's actually the one I'm most excited for. Daga versus Isaiah Velasquez. Ah, oh, that's going to be fun. I don't know who Isaiah Velasquez is. Uh, let me just tell you this. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a cruiserweight extravaganza. Excellent. And Tom Lawler takes on Kevin Koo and Brian Cage versus Alex Zane. This is a good card. Very good card. I'm, I'm thinking is... I might have to get some fight on here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's fair enough. <laughs> but some things aren't fair. And that's when superstars get injured. So Fat Mac. Lead us into this week's injury report. Well, it's a sad day that we got a long injury report here to finish out the show, but uh, we're going to go with it. Pasty, WWE has confirmed that Ivar of the Viking Raiders suffered a cervical injury during Raw this week when he landed a dive through the ropes onto several wrestlers on the outside of the ring, and shortly thereafter, the referee put up the dreaded X. As soon as he hit the ground, he threw an X. He's, uh... As soon as he hit the ground, he's like, no, this is over. (laughs) It was noted that he was taken to a local hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. But, hey, they stopped it and they got him the fuck out of there. And they didn't let him restart the match. No, not with him in it. (laughs) AEW's Jack Evans is currently out of action with an injury. Evans has not wrestled since the August 25th AEW Dark, where he and Angelico defeated Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss in tag team action. That episode was taped on August 13th. Evans came to the ring with Angelico during this week's Dynamite. Jack noted on social media he has a hairline fracture in his left cheekbone and has not been medically cleared to wrestle. I feel like a cheekbone. I think his best friend kissed him a little too hard. Probably. I think old Angelico came in for a one a little too fast. A little peck on the cheek. Crack. <clears throat> Poor guy. Swear face mask. That's what uh, old Brutus the Barber Beefcake did. <laughs> After he got hit by a fucking right. parasailer. Well, he can't do died. the face mask because that's what Britt Baker's doing. Mm, that's that's gimmick point. infringement, my friend. Well, I'll tell you who's not infringing on anything but had a bad gimmick happen. Old Matt Hardy, we talked about this. We're just going to go over it real quick here. He had a very scary incident at All Out early in the Broken Rules match. Uh, came off the scissors lift, 
Hardy got speared, went down towards the table, but missed the two tables and landed hard on the concrete. It was clear Hardy was out of it as the referee held up the X sign for help. Despite Hardy showing obvious signs of mental trauma, he and Guevara finished the match with the two climbing some scaffolding and Hardy shoving Guevara off for the win when Guevara didn't answer the referee's three count. Rebby Hardy has since called out everyone involved for the situation on how it was handled in the way that only Rebby does, saying, let me be absolutely fucking clear, there is nothing entertaining about concussion. Shame on everyone in that goddamn building. The next day, Rebby gave an update that Matt stayed overnight for additional imaging to be done after his CT scan, noting that he had what the doctors said to medically as a 1,000% concussion. <laughs> that's that's medical term. That's there. a huge concussion. <laughs> Anyone with eyes could have told you that, though. The wrestling legend has broken his silence since the scary victory at All Out. Hardy said that he was in the hospital for a couple days and is finally back home. He said, I had to go for a bunch of tests and evaluations. I was just stuck in the hospital. It sucks. I'm so happy to be out and be back home. Man, Tony Khan does not want to get Rebby Hardy on or get on Rebby Hardy's bad side. No, he does not. She'll ruin his whole company. <laughs> she'll take the whole single handedly. She'll destroy everything. <laughs> oh, she'll give and, uh, him a concussion. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Pasty, as bad as things have been for Matt Hardy, um, TNA loyalists had a rough week this week. Yeah. Former Nation of Domination member PG-13's Wolfie D, who wrestled in TNA as Slash, has been hospitalized due to a blood clot in his heart. According to the Memphis Wrestling News Facebook page, Wolfie D, real name Kelly Wolf, had surgery on his knee after ripping his quad tendon off of his kneecap. Ouch. It, it is believed the clot moved to his heart from there. Wolfie D wrestled for Jerry Lawler's USWA, where he was a USWA heavyweight championship, middleweight championship, television championship, and tag team championship 15 times with PG partner J.C. Ice, and once with Brian Christopher. He also wrestled for ECW after he left WWF. Rough, I hope Yeah. Uh... I hope, and I didn't mean rough as a pun for the wolf, but uh, hope hope he gets everything taken care of and gets through this. Yeah, that's some scary, scary stuff. He is uh he's an old ECW alum. He was in TNA in the early days. Uh, he was a charter member of the Nation of Domination, one of the very first uh, in in the very first incarnation. Uh, PG thirteen, him and JC Ice, so. Hope the best for him. Boy, there's more news, though. Barry Scott, who was the voice of TNA Impact for several, several years and definitely hits you in the hits you in the, the feels, he passed away at age 65, just a young man. He also did voice work for the NBA, believe it or not. Scott hosted the Lost 45's radio show since 1981 and appeared as a music expert on various mainstream TV programs. Impact paid tribute to Scott by posting several features he lent his voice to, including the intro to the first-ever TNA Impact episode on Spike TV from October 1st, 2005, and the intro to the 2005 Bound for Glory pay-per-view. 
It was noted that Scott last appeared on Impact TV earlier this year to give the personal introduction for TNA World Heavyweight Champion Moose. Anybody who who watched TNA from the early years, you didn't see his face, but you knew his voice because he was the, the, the deep the deep-voiced guy telling you TNA Impact is on its way and mm-hmm. reading out everything. So he's definitely going to be missed. Uh, and it just doesn't get any better for, for TNA original icons. Uh, former TNA wrestler and actor Stevie Lee has passed away. Lee was known as Puppet the Psycho Dwarf in the early days of TNA. According to his GoFundMe, Lee unexpectedly passed away on Wednesday, September 9th, 2020 at his home. Stevie Lee starred in American Horror Story, Jackass 3D, Oz the Great and Powerful, Rhino, and March in Windy City. He was also the star of the reality TV series Half Pint Brawlers, which aired on Spike TV in 2010. Yeah, he was a fun little uh, spitfire. Yeah. I got to go back and watch Oz the Great and Powerful and see if I can find him as one of the munchkin kids. I'm pretty sure I know where he was in Jackass 3D. There was a, a bunch of little people. Yeah, wouldn't have seen any of those, but I, I'll have to look at what season American Horror Story is in also. Yeah. But, yeah, he was he was cool. He was a fun little spitfire puppet, the psycho dwarf. You know, he he only made a few appearances in TNA, but that's all you're really good for little people, whether that's good or bad. Hmm. Yeah, rough for for the old school TNA folks this week. Not good. Yeah, it's crazy that, that, like, it's been around that long. You know what I mean? Right, for us to talk. (laughs) I mean, you think about it, they've lasted longer than WCW lasted. Yeah, yeah. They've lasted longer than a lot of stuff, you know. They lasted, Impact Wrestling has lasted longer than the Confederacy, and people are still worshiping that shit. (laughs) Come on. (sighs) Yeah. I hope this list is a whole lot shorter next week. That's all I got to say. I hope, like, hell, way too many, and, and, uh, and a couple of them were could could have been could have been avoided could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. That's the worst part. It's all bad, but when it could have been avoided, it's the worst. I think it's safe to say it was a painful week in wrestling all the way around. All the way around, I agree. Other mm-hmm. than AEW had over a million viewers and ratings this week. That was that was cool. Good for them. Yeah, we like it. We want to see. I mean, ratings are slightly going up all around, so that yeah. that's good. We like that. Yep. That's what we need. Oh, Pacey, that's about all I have this week. Yep, that'll be it. Make sure you tune in each and every week for more of your favorite beef sticks. We'll have all your news each and every Friday or maybe Thursday, sometimes Saturday. But we're here. Same bat time, same bat channel. I've been pasty. I'm Fat Mac, and don't forget to stop over to Facebook.com forward slash Beefsticks Podcast and leave a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us some ideas, or just go out there and chastise us. And if you catch a concussion this week, don't continue to compete. Go home. Rest up. Be smart. We out.